NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. The NTT IndyCar Series Championship race has flipped once again as Pato Awards started on the pole and won the September 12th Grand Prix of Portland. But it's how he got there that was the big story. Pelot was involved in a first-turn, first-lap incident that was triggered when Felix Rosenquist of Arrow McLaren SP Racing ran into the back of Scott Dixon's number 9 PNC Bank Honda. Dixon had started third and got a great start passing Alexander Rossi and then going to the inside of Pelot as the field approached the hard left-hand first turn. When Rosenquist's Chevrolet hit the back of Dixon's Honda, it caused Pelot's and Dixon's race cars to miss the first turn and go through the runoff area on the course. There were five other cars that scattered across the track further back in the field. IndyCar did not penalize any driver for the incident, but because several cars missed the first turn and were able to remain on course, they had to restart the race in the back of the field. That included Dixon, Pillow, and Rossi. Because it took IndyCar officials 10 laps to sort out the running order, it allowed Pillow, Dixon, and Rossi to dramatically switch pit stop strategies. They came into the pits on lap nine to top off with fuel and change tires, which meant those three drivers could make it the rest of the way on just two pit stops. Graham Rahal went for the more conventional strategy and was out front for 36 laps. Two cautions in the final 24 laps played directly into the favor of the three drivers that were involved in the first lap incident, and when the race restarted on lap 88, Pillow was in front, followed by Rossi and Dixon. That's the way it finished, as Pillow scored his third victory of the season and regained the points lead. Pato Award entered the race weekend 10 points ahead of Pillow. Although Award led 28 laps in the race, he was on the wrong side of the pit strategy and finished 14th. That created a 35-point flip in the NTT IndyCar Series points race as Pillow now leads by 25 points with just two races remaining. The next race is this weekend's Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. Here's my interview with the race winner shortly after taking the checkered flag. Joining us now on Pit Pass, Andy, is the winner of the Grand Prix of Portland. It's Alex Pelot, driver of the NTT Data Honda, although today it was the PNC Bank Honda. Interesting race. The box score is going to show that you won from the pole, but that's not quite how you won the race. 
I think you said uh, the way you described it, you were, it was a good day. You were lucky to get unlucky at the beginning of the race. Describe to our listeners what really happened. Yeah, it's it's great to have a new partner for for the number ten this year, PNC Bank, and and to win it and and to get the pole. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was uh, a bit. Um, disappointed of what happened at the beginning obviously you start on pole and you think that everything is going to be a little bit easier but uh, obviously it was not easy at all so um, as I said I, I think we we're unlucky but that gave us the that put us in the position to do to try a risky strategy on only two stops and, and we made it so um, I think it overall was a good day for us um, and it's it's great to have our third win already this year. You started on the pole, what happened with the start of the race. Everybody goes into turn one. Scott Dixon is to your inside. Somebody runs into the back. You presumably Felix Rosenquist caused you and Scott to go off into the runoff. So at that point, you figured you've already been penalized by getting yeah. into the runoff, coming back out further back in the field. But then IndyCar penalized you. And what was your reaction to that? Yeah, so I, I didn't have the... Um, the time yet to, to, to see the replay, but uh, that's what they said. And um, yeah, I, I thought we were already penalized, right? I was avoiding a contact. I was going through the chicane that they mandate. Um, I was P5 from P1 to P5. That's a big drop. And, and the championship contender were, was in P1. Um, but then, yeah, IndyCar decided to, to drop us to the end. So I, did, I didn't really understand that. I think I'll, I'll need to chat with uh, IndyCar just to understand for next couple of races. I don't know what they wanted us to do. Um, if we, they wanted to stop the car and try and make turn one. But um, anyway, um, as I said, we were lucky today. Um, so we made it. So as long as it took for IndyCar to sort out the order, you're running laps under yellow, which then improves your chances to go to a two-stop strategy. So at what point did you think this race is going to come back in our favor? Yeah, so at the point where I was getting most angry, that was like, um, why did they penalize us? Uh, I, I saw that the... The, the laps were counting and we were getting good mileage to do it, uh, to try and, and do it on two stops. Um, so at the same moment I was getting angry, I was getting happy on the other way. So um, yeah, one of those days where it worked out for us, um, but we still had to do it. And at the end, um, with the last yellow, put a lot of cars uh, on the same strategy as us. 35 point flip in the points. You came in 10 points down, nine points after winning the pole. 35-point flip, how huge is that with only two races remaining? It's big. It's big. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's good for us. Like, I, I, the 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 goal today was to, to be in front of Pato and uh, the other championship contenders and hopefully take the lead for one point or two points. We just wanted to take the lead and to get um, a big gap. It's it's good for us going to Laguna, um, but we need to try and win once again there or win a lot of points and, and hopefully uh, gave us uh, a little bit more cushion for Long Beach. Third win of the season, how important is it for the potential champion to also have the most victories in the IndyCar season? That's uh, that's amazing. Like um, I, I think this year we were lacking of like the final result. I think we we've been in the podium like six or seven times. But uh, yeah, we it's we only got two, right? So um, I needed another win just to pump up the motivation and, and the confidence in all the team to make it happen again. Just two races remaining heading uh, to Monterey next week, Laguna Seca. How do you like that course? What's that race going to be like? 
Yeah, I love that course. Uh, it's so historic. It's so special to me. It was one of the first, uh, was the second test I did with Chip Ganassi Racing in the number 10. And I think we're going to be really strong. And then wrapping up the season at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, a race you haven't participated in, but it's going to be a street race. You've done pretty well in street races. Yeah, there. we've been uh, improving a lot uh, throughout the season. And I think we'll be uh, really strong, strong enough to, to fight uh, for this championship. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good Alex Pelot, you did a heck of a job today turning a bad situation into a victory. Congratulations, and thank you for joining us on Pit Passing. Thank you so much. Although Award is 25 points out with two races remaining, he remains in the thick of the battle for the 2021 NTT IndyCar Series Championship. The young driver from Mexico sizes up his battle, heading into the final two races of the season. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Pato Award, Aero McLaren Racing. Pato, you're fighting for a championship. We're off to Laguna Seca Raceway in Monterey, California. The championship's going to be decided in California. How excited are you for the opportunity that exists for you? The competition is tough, man. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in the fight. And, you know, our goal starting the year was, you know, we want to get to Long Beach with a shot at winning this thing. And... Uh, I think we've placed ourselves in a very good position to do that. So I'm uh, just looking forward to, to, to just executing session come session and, and just focus. Focus and enjoy it because it's, it's easy to miss, miss these, these really nice moments whenever there's so much at stake. In a lot of ways, is Monterey still a new course for you because the year that uh, the last time IndyCar ran there was the year you were kind of in and out of the series. The first race you ran for an IndyCar was actually at Sonoma Raceway. So how new of a course is that for you? It's fairly new. I, I did a Pro Mazda there in 2016, but you know I've, ne I've never really had anything as, as fast as an IndyCar around there. So it's definitely new and definitely different. Um, I tested here a few a few months ago in the off season before the the season started and i it was very enjoyable it's 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 a track that i really enjoy driving uh because you really feel the car on its edge and i enjoy that is it a wild ride for you oh for sure very wild ride but it's it's a lot of fun what would winning a championship at such a young age mean for your career um, I feel like it would it would put a stamp to the last 16 years that I've devoted my life to this. Um, I feel like also for my family, they 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 gave up everything, and, and specifically my dad to travel with me everywhere. He's never missed one race, and uh, it'd be really really special to me. And and I know my family would feel the same. And what would winning a championship this soon? in the history of Aero McLaren SP mean for the whole McLaren effort? Um, hopefully, hopefully it makes them feel like they didn't do the wrong choice when they, when they decided to sign me. Well, there's a lot of ways you can look at it. You can look at it, Sam Schmidt. It would be Sam Schmidt's first championship. Or, you know, when McLaren came in, they brought a whole new way of looking at things to the team. So in a way, it's like a long-time team and a short-term partnership. Yeah, I just think... We have such a great group, um, and and these guys have been working so hard in the off season, during the season, um, 
to have a crack at this championship and, and we're in the fight. So I, I'm, I'm very proud of what everybody's been able to accomplish. I'm very proud of what I've been able to accomplish. Um, and I just think it would be a, a, a wonderful, you know, fantasy movie ending to, to, to a great group of people that, that have been working really hard. And how important it would be for the new breed of drivers, the younger drivers, to get a champion. Uh, I think it. Uh, I think it shows that we're here to to win races and win championships, and not just uh, look at the the veterans' rear wings. Wrapping the season up in Long Beach, Southern California, you should probably have a lot of Hispanic Americans that will be pulling for you. Yeah. How exciting will that be to open up? their eyes to IndyCar. I'm pumped, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of Mexican flags out there. I, I actually have a, have a suite and uh, I have a lot of friends and, and family and, 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 and fans coming uh, from Mexico and, and from, from, you know, from around the world, honestly. And uh, I think it's really cool and, and hopefully uh, I can give them something to celebrate that Sunday night. And to give that country an IndyCar championship, how important would that be? Uh, it would be in the books, and I feel like it'd be it'd be a massive accomplishment, not just for me and in my team, but for the country, uh, because no no Mexican driver has ever won an IndyCar championship, and I feel like doing so this year, when the when the competitiveness of the championship has been so strong, uh, is definitely a, a statement for for all of us together. Pato Award, Errol McLaren SP. Good luck in your championship battle. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you so much. Two-time IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske finished fifth at Portland and remains third in the standings. He is 34 points out of the lead with two to go. Here is my interview with Newgarden as he talks about his championship battle. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Team Penske driver Joseph Newgarden, a two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion, Going for your third IndyCar Series title, we're heading to Monterey, Laguna Seca Raceway. Just two races to go. How do you forecast going into that track, that and then heading to the season finale at Long Beach? Well, I'm excited to come back to Laguna because it's my second trip there. You know, we didn't have the best race in 2019 when we ran there. We were, we were gunning for our championship, just trying to finish things off and really just win the championship at the end of the day. So it kind of detracted from our performance in the race itself. Um, I'm excited to go back there and try and, you know, maybe maybe win that event. Uh, we had a good test there about a month ago. So I felt feel really confident about, you know, our, our setup. I feel confident about what we learned. Um, so it's a good opportunity, you know, and, and certainly as things wind down here, it's just another important event to, to get right. We did not race at Laguna Sega last year because of COVID. The last time IndyCar raced there, though, you were celebrating a championship. So how exciting was that? I know you got pretty emotional and choked up when you won your second title. What was it about that one that was more emotional than when you won your first championship? I, you know, just the validation of getting a second one, I think, is always special. It's like getting a second win, you know, as much as, much as a, a first win, you know, is, is special to someone. I think a second one can almost be more. Um, so that's, you know, for me, it was really important to, to finish that year off right, especially having, you know, led all the year with our team and the performance and the work that went in, it was just would have been demoralizing to lose it at the end. So I think that's why it was uh, such a big moment for all of us. But 
Yeah, I, I have good memories from there, you know, at least from, from that standpoint. Just the race itself wasn't exactly what we wanted. So uh, I think going back there with less pressure of not having it as the championship finale um, hopefully can elevate us to a, a higher position. From what I recall about that race, it was the one race where you had to go against your desire as a driver to go out there and win the race. I know they were holding you back to a degree to play it safe a little bit. How difficult is that when you're in a championship position like that to not just go out there and race for a win? It's it's hard. I mean, sometimes you got to just, you know, follow a procedure. That That's a very specific case, though. You know, obviously, with it being the championship finale um, and the position that we were in in points, it made sense to do what we were doing. It, it's not the normal situation. I, I really... You know, championship finale is about probably the only time we'd get that aggressive with not trying to maximize whatever our result is for the day. And uh, on that day, it was just about, you know, trying to really shadow Rossi at the end of it and, and uh, hold our position in, in the points table. So it's hard to do, but, you know, when it results in a championship win, then it's, it's all worth it. There is another Alex that you're battling for the championship, but it's not Rossi, it's Polo. Are you a little surprised that two years after your last championship that you don't really see Alex Alexander Rossi out there as one of the guys battling for it? It is surprising on one hand. You know, I think he's he's certainly um, had some bad luck, I think it's fair to say. You know, they've had some unfor unfortunate events with their team specifically. Um, but, you know, that's, that's IndyCar. Sometimes you can get into a bad cycle, and I think they've unfortunately been in it for a little while now, last two years. But I wouldn't discount him. You know, I think in the future he's obviously a driver that's very capable of, of uh, being in the mix every week. So, you know, he's not had a good stretch lately, but that doesn't mean he won't get back onto a, a good rhythm at some point. As an IndyCar driver, could you take us for a lap around Laguna, what you do entering into turn one, where the tricky parts of the course are, the best places to set up for passes. Yeah, Laguna's low grip. It's all about maximizing the grip of the tire when it's new. Uh, you know, it starts with turn one, which is a double apex corner, pretty hard to get it right. You know, you really want to challenge that entry braking zone, but you can overcook things and not get off the corner well. So it's kind of about getting both. Uh, I think the trickiest part of the track's obviously the corkscrew. It's so difficult because it's completely blind. You know, you, you crest the hill and you basically place the car by looking at the sky, you don't have a lot of reference marks. And once you get to the, you know, the crest of the hill, you don't really know where your turn-in point is. And then even when you get to the turn-in, you don't know where the, the, the road goes until you actually start going down the road. So it's a, it's a very tricky corner for car placement. Um, tricky to understand how much you can push the car into that type of corner. So that's always the hot spot for me to get right uh, in the race is, is that car placement. And I think looking after your tires, it's, it's very much like Sonoma, low grip track. Uh, hasn't been repaved in a while, so just trying to get the most out of a new tire runs hard, and then trying to make the tires last across the race then is, is really tricky there. How many times have you come flying out of the corkscrew and then you see somebody spun off or in the way and you don't expect to see it? And I imagine you probably got a spotter up there that helps you. Yeah, you definitely have a spotter in the corkscrew just for, for any, you know, any unknowns when you're, when you're cresting over the hill. Um, but, yeah, I've seen a couple of people just <laughs> sat on the corner exit when I come flying over the hill and... You don't expect it, but it uh, can happen. You know, that, that corner's easy to get wrong. And so that's what I think makes it so gratifying when you get it right. And then, of course, after Laguna, it's off to uh, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. 
We're always out there in April. This year, it's going to be the end of the season, September 26th, but it's still the Long Beach Grand Prix. And how excited are you to end the season on the streets of Long Beach? Yeah, I, I think, you know, much like last year in St. Petersburg to end our championship, Long Beach is a it's a great destination, great street course race, and be a ton ton of fun I think to celebrate in that type of environment. Um, be a little bit chaotic, hopefully not in a negative way for us, but that's um, you know street courses they can bring a little chaos and sometimes that helps you, sometimes it hurts you. But it's a it's a great place to to end our championship, no doubt. I think that you know being in the city of LA will be a lot of fun. Team Penske driver Joseph Newgarden, good luck as you battle for your third NTT IndyCar Series championship. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Bruce. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top, but Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Jack Harvey wraps up his time with Meyer Shank Racing at the end of the season as he moves on to a new team for next year, presumably at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. Although Harvey helped build the foundation for a successful team at Meyer Shank Racing, it was Elio Castroneves that got the team its first win when he drove to victory in the 105th Indianapolis 500 on May 30th. In this interview I conducted with Harvey, he gives a very frank and honest assessment of how he felt that day seeing someone else enjoy the accolades of victory and his thoughts as he prepares to leave the team. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Jack Harvey of Meyer Shank Racing. Jack, last two races of the season, it's also the last two races for you driving for Meyer Shank Racing, and I'm sure there's a lot of fond memories and you know, maybe some unfulfilled expectations that you may have had with that team, but what's it going to be like wrapping up your career with that team? Uh, Not your career, your tenure yeah, with the team. Yeah, my tenure, yeah. 
Um, I mean, honestly, it's hard to guess how it's going to be like. I think Long Beach is probably going to be the, you know, probably emotionally the, the toughest one. Uh, you know, like you said, I've got so many incredible memories with this team from being the first race they ever did in IndyCar, uh, you know, to being where they are now is an, inc is an incredible progression. But also, you know, I'm proud to have been a part of that. And, you know, I feel like when me and Michael mapped it out, we really took risks on each other. I don't feel like they risked anymore by taking me or vice versa. We just, you know, managed to try and build this team, you know, well and build it together. And um, yeah, ultimately I made a decision to make a change. And I'm excited about what the future will be, but uh, I've got so many amazing memories with everyone at Maya Shank Racing. It's definitely going to be a, uh, a tough goodbye, you know, come Long Beach. But, um, you know, I think the, the main focus really has been to try and get some good results before that happens. Uh, so at least we get to celebrate there because I think it would, uh, it would suck to feel that there was, you know, a little unfulfilled potential and, you know, maybe already feel that a little bit, but it'd be nice to... Uh, Nice to get some good results here before the season finished. And the relationship that you had with both Mike and Jim, is a lot of ways it's a pretty close relationship that all three of you had. Is that what kind of makes the departure a little bit difficult? Uh, it's certainly what made calling them difficult uh, and telling them. Um, you know, I, I know owe an awful a lot to, to those guys. Um, you know, ultimately we did take risks on each other and, you know, I put a lot of faith and trust in them as a team and you know they did to me as a driver so we are obviously very close and uh, it definitely made that phone call harder but you know at the end of the day I, I still felt like it was the right thing to do and I still think it's the right thing to do so you know I'm confident in the decision I made but uh, I guess anything I would assume, I would hope people assume is the decision that we have made isn't one that I would knowing how my relationship with the team and you know the security that would have come with it you know, and staying on and things like that, it wasn't an easy decision. You know, I would like to assume that people would know that. As far as moving on, at what point uh, will we know for sure, for certain, before the end of the season where you're going next year, or were you still going to announce that after the season is over? I think it depends, mate, really. I mean, ultimately, it's, you know, a lot of moving factors on something like that. And the thing we've always tried to do, and, you know, I hope people would say about us is, you know, have some integrity and have respect for my, you know, my competitors, my colleagues, the drivers, a team, you know, NTT is a series. And, uh, you know, I guess that'll just be announced at the appropriate time. A lot of us have a pretty good idea where you're going to be, but obviously out of respect to your decision and to the other, uh, your team owner's decision, we'll wait for you to make that announcement. But what's the prospects like when you go to the next step of your career and how exciting is that? Well, I mean, you know, where, where we're going next is pretty much one goal is to, is to win races. It's to compete, to try and, you know, put together championship efforts to go and, you know, do better at the Indy 500. And, you know, I believe we're going to a team that can help me uh, help me achieve that. And I feel like I can help them achieve the same. And, you know, all the conversations we had, we had common goals and common agendas. And I think we can really be a great pair together and uh, complement each other on our strengths and weaknesses. And... Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for that phase to get going. But before that phase gets going, I'm still very much focused on the remaining races as a Meyershank racing driver. And uh, that's one of the things I love about, you know, the team, you know, myself is we've always given it 110. And uh, I certainly never want to have a, a sour moment right at the end. So um, we'll give it 110 for as long as my contract's there. Meyershank Racing won its first IndyCar race in 150 Indianapolis 500. Elio Castroneves 
gets his fourth Indy 500 victory. Very exciting day in the history of the sport. But I'm sure in a lot of ways, you wanted to be the guy that gave that team its first victory. What were your emotions like that day? Uh, I mean, tough to, tough to describe. Uh, you know, I was, I was really happy for, for Elio and for the team and a lot of the guys in the team I've become good friends with. So, you know, obviously there was a lot of happiness for them. Um, I would say as equally I felt pain. Uh, in, in all fairness, and um, yeah, I mean, I think how, how I felt after that is, you know, things that I'll keep just, you know, to myself, but uh, it's such a tough one. It, you know, I was so happy for so many people I've become friends with in the same breath. I was pretty gutted on the inside, so uh, it was a, that was a tough one to, like, try and process. I mean, the good thing is we went to the next race and we were competitive again straight away, so, you know, it didn't have any lingering negativity or anything like that. It's just... Uh, it sucks to see what we've worked for for, you know, five Indy 500s and two partial seasons, you know, two full-time seasons and not have been that person. But uh, I think most people could understand why that is painful. But, I mean, it's a very honest assessment that a lot of race drivers may not actually admit to. But, you know, when you are the guy that's gone out there for the first couple of years of the team and did all the groundwork, and then all of a sudden when the glory comes, it's somebody else that's celebrating. Well, I mean, frankly, I was pissed off too. You know, I, I was pissed off that, you know, I feel like I've been the guinea pig of the team, you know, and really been working hard to see what's been working, what hasn't been working, and, you know, really helped lay the foundation for that to, to happen. So, you know, naturally, I wanted to be the driver to reap the reward of that. And, you know, we've, we've certainly had our fair share of issues on Sunday, whether it's been strategy and pit lane or whatever. Um, you know, all that aside, you know, I, I appreciate the effort that everyone brings every weekend. This IndyCar schedule, you know, is brutal on the guys, you know, and they've always come with enthusiasm and determination that we can go and win. And, you know, honestly, I think we've been extremely close to winning, you know, a few times this year. You know, so our, our speed is there and, you know, ultimately, you know, all them things accumulate. And, you know, I felt like the time was right to, to leave the team and, you know, calling Mike and Jim and telling them that was probably one of the hardest phone calls I've had to deliver to anyone ever. Uh, but again, what I think was the the right thing, but there's a lot of factors that go into that. And From another standpoint, another race driver in a different racing series, but you know how close he was to Mike Shank. How did you feel when you saw A.J. Allmendinger win the Pennzoil 200 at the break? Yeah, that was ace. You know, I, I, I really like AJ. I mean, when I've done a couple of tests with, well, I've done one test in the Aki and he had the NSX. And he was so awesome there. And, you know, I really like uh, AJ. I really appreciate what he has achieved in his career. Obviously, you know, he and Michael have a, a relationship beyond, you know, anything else. I mean, I would go as far to say that those guys are practically brothers. Uh, and although I feel extremely close to Michael and Jim and, you know, MB and everybody at Maya Shank Racing, um, I don't know if any driver would have that relationship with Michael uh, that AJ has. Uh, and ultimately, uh, something that seemed right about them both winning at Indy in the same year, you know. And I think in that moment, I can take myself out of the equation and just be happy for both of them. And also the fact that AJ, in, after he won that race, recognized Robin Miller in his post-race right there at the Yard of Bricks. He did, you know, and I think that's uh, the kind of guy that AJ is, you know. When, in that moment when it's just so pure and you so much adrenaline, the things that you're thinking about come to the forefront. And, you know, I thought it was great that he was able to dedicate that race 
to a lot of people, but also in his thoughts and in his heart was Robin Miller because he's certainly with us all uh, and it's extremely sad news. And, you know, personally, Robin was great when I first moved to the US and helped me a ton, so I was very sad to, to hear that. But in a lot of ways, he would have been absolutely thrilled that AJ got that win in Indy and you just know he was smiling down, looking upon us. Two races left, and then you begin the next step of your career, but I'm certain it'll be even more successful than what we've seen so far. We hope so. Jack Harvey, good luck, congratulations, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Colton Herta was expected to be one of the leading contenders for the championship, but has had an otherwise disappointing season. The Andretti Autosport driver is the defending winner at Monterey and could once again be a driver to watch at the picturesque road course on the Central California coast. In this interview, the driver from Southern California discusses how a win in one of the final two races of the season would take away some of the disappointment from this year. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Colton Herta, driver of the Gainbridge Honda at Andretti Autosport. Two races left heading into this weekend's race at Monterey. You're defending winner there. How excited are you about the prospects of getting another herd of victory at Monterey? It would be awesome. Uh, we obviously had a little bit of success there in 2019 with race win, pole position. Uh, I hope we can kind of continue that trend. Um, you know, it's a place that, that I love going to. So it was actually my second time ever in a race car is at Laguna Seca uh, in a Skip Barber car. Um, and yeah, it's such a fun track. It's such a driver's track. A lot of undulation, high speed, low speed, uh, cambered corners. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always just like a little bit of a thrill and a lot of enjoyment to drive around there. And also, you wrap up the season on the streets of Long Beach. I mean, you're a Southern California kid. Don't need to explain to our listeners how important that race is to anybody that's a race fan in Southern California. But if you get a victory in either one or both of those, how much would that really help put away maybe some of the pain and disappointment of this season? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It has been uh, disappointing for sure at times and races that I think I should have won and we just haven't. So it has been a little bit disappointing in that aspect. But, you know, we've had really fast cars. We've, we've kind of, you know, haven't been amazing in the races, but the qualifying average has been spectacular. So we're just going to try to continue that, that and uh, get a little bit better of a handle on it. But it would mean the world to, to win in Long Beach. Obviously, I had the win in Laguna. It would be great to win again back to back. Um, but for me, you know, growing up 30 minutes away from Long Beach, always going to that race. My first IndyCar race when I was eight months old. Um, so, you know, it means a lot to me and it'd mean a lot to win. How big is the friends and family list uh, for you at that race? It's it's too big. I, I can't get everybody passes, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great that I can have a race where all my grandparents can come out. Um, you know, my friends and family can come and hang out and enjoy the weekend a little bit uh and it's and it's a great weekend to have you know i'm very lucky that that's my home race because it's such a big deal uh for the city and for indycar it's such a, a a big race great venue that pulls in a lot of people is it gonna be a little unusual having that race at the end of september rather than in april like we're, we're used to or are you just happy to have it period i don't know i think it's a great race to finish off the year on you know it's a place that 
you don't have to worry about weather getting into that time of the year. Um, you know, it's still going to be beautiful and sunny. And yeah, I mean, I think it, it might even be better that, you know, it's starting to cool down a little bit. And yeah, I think it's, like I said before, it draws so many people. It's such a great venue, great crowd, great city that, you know, it's it's a great end of the year for IndyCar. Have you been able to figure out what part of the problem has been, why there hasn't been better performance this season? But it's been a lot of things. You know, I've made mistakes. Uh, teams made mistakes. You can't really pin it on one person or one thing. It's been really weird stuff that's been going on, going wrong. Um, you know, a little bit unlucky, but you know, I think when we when we have had the luck, we've been able to capitalize and had some good results, some podiums, and a win this year, which is nice. But you know, I think anybody would tell you that if you've won one race a year, you know, it's it's not quite enough for you. You want to win more, so I'd love to get at least one more, maybe two more. In the when last three were, races here. Yeah, when you were running Indy Lights, uh, your teammate was Pato Award. You guys challenged for the championship in Indy Lights. Now here he is in position to challenge for an IndyCar Series championship. What are your thoughts? And uh, in some ways, are you kind of proud to see what he's been able to do? No, yeah, it's been a great year for him and, uh, you know, good for him. And his team has been on point this year. Um, you know, it's it's been an up and down year for everybody, I think. But Pato's made the most of, most of it. And uh, he's been fast at most of the places we've been to and gotten the most out of his car. As far, though, as finishing off the season strong and then getting ready for 2022, what are some of the things that you plan on doing during the offseason to help get you off to a better start next year? Uh, you know, I think it, it's hard to train during the season because we're always traveling. You know, you get one day a week, two days a week maybe that you can train. So that's that's the biggest thing. Um, but for me, at the end of the year, I always just try to take, you know, two, three weeks off of everything. Just do whatever I want, hang out. Um, and then get back into it and kind of go over some of the stuff that we went wrong with, get into the testing program in the wintertime and, and go from there. Are you going to get the band back together? Yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. And uh, you haven't come up with your tour of dates? Yeah, yeah well, that will be released later, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, Colton Hurd, a driver of the Gamebridge Honda for uh, Andretti Autosport. Good luck at the end of the season, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank Chip Ganassi Racing Driver and NTT IndyCar Series Championship Leader Alex Pillow, Errol McLaren SP Driver Pato Award, Team Penske's Joseph Newgarden, Jack Harvey of Meyer Shank Racing, and Colton Herta of Andretti Autosport for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.